Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the new and pre-owned Renault, Dacia and Opel range. And a car finance specialist on site to arrange a finance package that suits your budget. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Wednesday afternoon. English Paper 1 in the can now for Leaving Cert students. It all began today for those sitting the traditional Leaving Cert. Wish them well. Do you remember your own Leaving Cert sitting the exams? God, I do. As if it were yesterday and it's a long time ago. We're going to be chatting about it through the show this afternoon. Did you ever miss an exam? Any stories around the Leaving Cert? If you have anything to say to us about memories of the Leaving Cert, do get in touch with us on the show. The number is 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Lots of people went back as well, didn't they? They have indeed. To do Leaving Cert in latter years. If you're one of that cohort either, you might want to uh, touch base with us as well. Anything around the Leaving Cert on your mind, give us a shout this Wednesday afternoon. Lots to come on the show. Fred Cook remembers his leaving cert. That's going to be a bit of crack, isn't it? Later on, the Shirley Bassey story continues with a 007 classic today. Sarah Gardner's changed career. Dylan Brady has spotted an opportunity. Did you ever hear of it? A wash for dogs. An automatic wash for your doggy. Not a car wash at a garage. Yes, we're going to be talking about this as well today. Kira Burke is with us. Uh, one of our women with opinions. She's having a chat with us a little bit later on as well. About an idea she has. And uh, about the reopening of business, of course. And Modern Love, a young band from Drogheda. Well, they've signed an international record deal and they're going to be with us shortly. Really exciting news for them. But uh, we start today. I can tell you this, as I sit here in the studio today, within earshot are the children who are cared for marvellously at Jelly Tots. Yes, Jelly Tots is right beside us here to daycare and Montessori on the Ratmullen Road in Drogheda. And I'm joined on the line by the manager there, Rachel Smith. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good, sure. We could shout across the fence to one another, but there you are. The phone phone will have to do today. Anyway, look, you're a lovely place. I know you well, and we hear the children when the windows are open here, and there's great crack going on out in the gardens. But last weekend, the bank holiday weekend, you had unwelcome visitors. Tell us the story. Yeah, unfortunately, now we had um, three very young children, we believe, between the ages of seven and 12. Um, and they entered our premises um, over the wall. Um, and then since they came in on the Sunday, they were here twice on the Sunday. And um, so during that time, they had um, 
decided to help themselves to our resources in the garden, which um, kind of led to a lot of damages. And they forced the shed open um, and decided to throw toys over the wall, um, which obviously toys became broken. They actually had uh, taken toys with them as well. Um, and then they tried to force windows open as well. So, you know, we have uh, one of the latches now and the windows broken. They tried to force the back door open as well. Obviously, they didn't get in. Um, thankfully, because, um, you know, the mess that was left in the garden, God only knows what would have been inside. Um, but like our garden now, like our after-school children did lovely um, hanging baskets. Like, that's all destroyed now. Um, so that's obviously very upsetting for the kids as well. Like, they're old enough to know, like, you know, they did this project and now it's ruined. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's obviously very upsetting for us all. Like, it's been a very hard year for, for all of us with COVID. And, like, what we're trying to do is obviously build the business back up. Like, we're trying to provide this service for all the children and families that are in this area. And it's quite impossible to do. Mm. When you have, you know, local children coming in, like not even teenagers, like they're very young, like to be doing yes. this. Mm. And parents obviously aren't aware, you know, what their kids are up to or where they even are. So, you know, we're just, we're, we're absolutely, we're just devastated that mm. this has happened. And it's not very nice thing to happen as well. No, it's not. Is this the first time you've really had anything on this scale? Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Mm. Um, mm. As long as I've been here anyway, over yeah, yeah, yeah. four years, mm. um, you know, we never really have any hassle. Um, that's kind of the first now. Mm. Um, and like, you know, our garden has been left, like, there's going to be a lot of expenses that have to be paid for. But who, you know, who has, who's going to pay for this, for these things? You know, there's going to be no consequences because, you know, these are, they're minors. So who's actually going to be responsible or these consequences. Can I come in here and tell you something that I believe? I believe yeah. that the parents of these children are responsible and they should pay. Yeah. That's my no, I, I totally firm belief. Agree, yeah. I have to say that because it comes back to something that's uh, raised its head on, on uh, this uh, show before. You know, parents cannot just wash their hands of their children's actions. And you're right. You must ask the question. You reckon from the footage that between, listen to this, folks, 7 and 12. And surely at that age, you know, you, you need to have a fair idea. I know that they go missing and they do things, but you've got to have a, a knowledge of what your children really are up to. And when they're up to stuff like this, well, there are consequences. Are they clearly identified? I take it you have CCTV. Can you see yeah, them clearly? Yeah, um, CCTV and we do have clear footage and the pictures and this has actually been taken further um, it will be taken further today by the owner um, yeah. to the guards so they will be they notified of that um, but even like we had a new gazebo put in there over the summer um, which costs a lot of money to put into our garden so, it's, so we can provide an all weather area for our children and they were on top of that you know that company now has to come to see if if there's been any damages and if there is like who's going to pay the cost of that mm. like it already took a lot of money for the owner to put that in place for all the children yes. um, but also that's like such a height if they fell from there you know on our premises and seriously injured themselves like who's who's to blame there and who's going to be responsible and you know if anything happens and then the, the parents didn't know eventually where they were like you know it's just yeah, yeah, can I say this to you? Do you know what'll happen? This is the this is the irony of this. You'll be up in court if they fall off that. 
you will exactly, your your yeah. business will be up in court look put yeah. the boot will be on the other foot they'll be looking at the possibility of claiming against you even though yeah. you're on your premises yeah, and exactly. this is where the laws an ass to be honest with you a total yeah. ass I have to say but this thing stuff like this annoy me because antisocial behaviour is now commonplace I see it where I live as well and I'll tell you it is in this category of age groups as young I'd say yeah, as probably six years of age up to early teens uh, you know they can't be really brought about they're minors etc this yeah. is an area that must be looked at and you see these children when they're identified which they will be of this clear images yeah. of them uh, that information can be got they have to be visited they have to be really you know shown and told the consequences of what they've done because this is breeding worse stuff as they grow older you know they get in uh, to other things as well wanton vandalism it just gets up my nose I have to say but anyway let's see what happens and let the law take its course now and I do yeah. say to you I'd say it again here Parents are responsible and that's the problem with society 100%. today. Parents are not taking responsibility for their yeah. children, showing them right for wrong and rearing them properly. That's the bottom line. That's the way we are. That's the, the, the whole core and essence of what's going on in our society that is called antisocial yeah. behaviour and, and then leads to more. Like, you know, ATM on a bank holiday. Yes. You know, that's quite late for... Maybe. For children to be out of that age. Yes, because I want yeah. to tell listeners, they were there on the Sunday last, between 2 and 3, yeah, or 2 Sunday, and 3. Um, you know, twice in the day. Um, yeah. And then the owner had came to try and get some of the toys back from over the wall and see, you know, what damages had been done. And um, So the owner had came and tried to sort that out and then to come back then on the Monday and the same thing has nearly been done again. Yes, you know, yes. Very annoying. And yep. And what are they doing out at 8 o'clock on a bank holiday Monday night when they probably all due in school and they went in like angels the next day as if nothing happened? Oh, yeah. You know, the usual. I, I know this. Staff, yeah. kids have to come in then on the Tuesday morning, like into that. Into mess. your place, a mess and yeah. all their lovely hanging baskets destroyed, the garden messed up. And they look, you're right. You're lucky they didn't get in those doors. What would they have done in the uh, inside? Exactly. Ha- and like our staff work so hard to provide like a great service for all our kids here yep. and our families and you know we're just we're very welcome in place and for that to happen you know it's very upsetting for all mm. the, the parents are even texting to see what can they do and yes. they're very sorry this has happened and it's you know it's affected us all and mm. it's just really not on. Well look at I, I thank you for coming on to uh, day to highlight this uh, to uh, our audience. 7 to 12 years of age. Oh they're developing younger and younger. They certainly are. I wish you well and I hope that uh, these uh, young people are identified uh, they're visited and so. their parents are told in no uncertain terms that they have a responsibility to their children. Listen I wish you well yes. Rachel. Thank you. No worries. Thanks Gary. Thanks for joining me on the show. Have you a view? What do you think about this? Have you an opinion? Am I over the top in what I'm saying? I don't believe I am I have to say. Uh, children you know you've got to rear your children and show them right from wrong and you know probably the sad thing is there are parents incapable of showing their children right from wrong because they don't know what that is and they may have had a life of this themselves but in the main we're responsible for children we bring into this world we must show them the right path and my god seven years of age up and you don't know what they're up to at eight o'clock on a bank holiday night and are to they're into this wanton vandalism that leaves a, a trail of destruction and then for other children coming in the next day the impact it has on them 
in the present and what they've done in the past, their lovely work in the garden and that as well with the baskets. Come on, we've got to tackle this from an earlier age. We've got to get parents to man and woman up and be parents and have discipline and rules and regulations and children must be they must it must have a little fear in you. You must I had it, maybe too much when going back. But there must be a fear of consequences. It's as simple as that. If you have an opinion, get in touch with me on the show. 086 1800 658 Come on, WhatsApp or text me if you have anything to say. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Next up, we're lifting the light, the mood. We certainly are because a local band called Modern Love have just signed a major international record deal. That's disgraceful, Jerry. Am I hearing it right? Seven years of age. Of course the parents should be held accountable for their children's actions at that age. Thank you indeed for that. Caroline says, took the words right out of my mouth, as the famous song said, Jerry and Leone. You nailed it in one, Jerry. It is all back to the parents, their responsibility for their children. Keep your messages coming to us. 086 1800 658. WhatsApp or text me or 1850 if you'd like to call in. Now, I'd heard about them, of course, but I saw them in action for the first time about a year ago, a little under a year ago, at the Drogheda Motor Show when they opened the whole event. And they were outstanding. They really, really got me. I looked at them and I said, these fellas are really good and potential. Well, it's just been realised because I can tell you today they released their first single from their new EP called Monochrome Blue. And they've signed a record deal with Akira Records. They're in the UK. Oh, they're a cool record label, I can tell you. And they've just signed a worldwide recording deal. I'm talking about Modern Love, who comprise Barry. Lally, Kieran, Keen McCluskey, Danny Rooney, and Graham Fagan, and two of the boys, Danny Rooney and Graham Fagan, join me on late lunch. Hello, fellas. Hey, how's it going? Good, great. I'm delighted to have the two of you on uh, this day, this very important day for you as you release the single from the EP. Listen, Danny, I'll start with you first. Danny, tell us about this uh, deal you've just signed and uh, how it came about. Uh, it sort of came about around this time last year, uh, like during the pandemic, and it, it came at such a great time for us. It really gave us like a, a focus over the lockdown. And uh, I think it's it's just a perfect match. Like we really get on with the label and uh, I think it's just a big step up for us. So we're, we're just so excited to get started on on things for real now. And and when you mentioned this label, this label are going places. How do they see you or you contact them? How did that work? Um, it was mainly they, they sort of contacted us. Um, and they, they kind of wanted to just see how we do by ourselves and see how we could release music by ourselves. And uh, But then, um, yeah, they, I guess they saw potential in uh, a few of our songs and we sort of sent over some of our demos they seem to really, really like it. And uh, we just took it from there. Mm, great stuff. Graham, a real shot in the arm for you fellas, as uh, Danny was saying there, with the last year and no performing. But that no performing is uh, going to end uh, later on this year because you're about to uh, go back on stage, Graham. Yeah, we're playing on Friday 5th. In the work- yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, so that's the Workman's Cellar in Dublin uh, in November, is it? Yeah, Yeah, November. And we've also just booked a gig in London in the social on the 11th 
of November as well. So it will be great to get over there because we we had plans to go over to to England last summer and you know they didn't go through with the pandemic. So we're just so excited mm. to get over to across the seas. Yeah, because I know it was there for you. You were about to take off and then the whole world of entertainment closed down. Will they be your first live gigs? Will that be the first time you're back on stage or do you see anything happening between now and then here at home or anywhere else? Well, we have um, Wild Roots on the 13th of August, is it? Yeah. Yeah, there's a Wild Roots festival. Sligo. Uh, that should be going ahead in August, but that's that's all we have gig-wise planned for now. You know, it's it's so so hard to nail things down at the minute, mm. the way things are here in Ireland. But uh, kind of hard to think about them, just in case they don't go ahead. I'm kind of just pushing them back, just in case they don't happen. Yes, yes, there is that uh, nervousness about things as well, even though we're heading all in the right direction. Of course, you do know James Vincent McMorrow, who you know big connections with the German Fecken area. Uh, you know, performs tomorrow in Dublin and. Every Everybody's looking forward to seeing that an organised gig with a decent audience in. Tell me about the EP and uh, the tracks on it and this single you're releasing today. Well, uh, the lead single is called LMK, If You Want to See Me. And um, I feel like it's a real summation of how everyone's felt during the pandemic. You know, mm. there's a lot, of, a lot of lyrics, a lot of themes about just feeling dissociated and a loss of the identity and it really just coincided with everything we were feeling at the time and uh came it came at a perfect time for us uh, just so excited for people to hear it now yeah you were so good uh, i mentioned that uh, motor show last year when you opened the whole event with a bang i have to say and the way you work together during this time you know as you know all individuals not been able to come together how has that worked? Has that been, like I've asked this to many others as well at the time, how do you get on? But especially a group of four of you there, two fer- term and fecking boys and two from the town of Drogheda, of course. Uh, how has that worked? Well, I almost yeah. feel like it worked better for us. I mean, like we came up with If You Want to See Me through lockdown, but never meeting each other and we recorded it all apart. Mm. And that's the song that got the label's attention. So, yeah, kind of feel yeah. Like- we're lucky in the fact that we just have this dynamic where we all we all sort of write songs ourselves and then we're all quite familiar with different music softwares so we can just send over an idea to another member and add you know extra touches to that to that piece of music Mm. so it, it was a test but it kind of actually helped the song in a lot of ways just you know we never personally met up or anything it was just you know um, sending the track on yes. and adding stuff musically without any uh, expressing anything in person. Isn't that just something else? In other words, the song is really deeply conceived and put together and delivered because of the circumstances you all find yourselves in. And there's nothing better than that to have that uh, deep feeling w- w- within a song. Um, w- while I have you with me, because we're going to hear the song now in a minute, I, I want to wish you well with the EP and the gigs coming up. It is Leaving Cert Day today. Um, any memories of your Leaving Cert sitting at Danny? Any memories? I mean, most of my memories are just me being... Very, very nervous, you know. <laughs> it's it's a time. It's a tough time for yeah. sure. Mm. Nerves, uh, no nerves on the stage now. Graham, what about you? For the leaving, sir, is it? Yeah. Did you sit your leaving, sir? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember anything about it? Were you there for every exam and got top grades? 
Oh yeah, yeah it's a tough student. <laughs> <laughs> I just saying, Danny, just feel nervous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so Graham, you're the brain box of the the outfit, are you? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> good on you, good on you. Anyway, boys, listen, it's great to have you with us on this day. Modern Love, watch them, folks. These guys are going places and fast. You're great fellas. Wish you well. And in a moment we're gonna hear the single. Thank you both for joining me on the show. Thanks so much yeah. for having us. Not at all. Take Thank care you of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's it. Two of the boys there Graham Fagan and Danny Rooney. The other two are Barry Lally, as I mentioned, and Keen McCluskey. Uh, they are a fantastic combination. They really are. And uh, I wish them all the very best. Anyway, let's hear what it's all about as we head towards news and weather at two o'clock. After two, yes, Kira Burke is joining us on the show. But let's hear the single, the first from the EP, LMK. If you want to see me. Where did this happen, Jerry? Yes, we're talking to Rachel Smith, the manager of Jelly Tots Daycare in Montessori on the Rathmullen Road in Drogheda. Another message. This is why Ireland is the way it is, Jerry, with these kids. They're not taught respect for other people's property and not socially educated, says a listener. Totally agree with you, Jerry. The parents are responsible, end of, have always said this. The laws need to change now, says Maria. Jim's been on from County Mead. Change the law. Parents must be held responsible. This is not antisocial behaviour, Jerry. It's criminal. Seven years of age upwards. Jerry, you're absolutely right about discipline. Children who have discipline and structure have more respect for their parents because children need rules. It's part of growing up. Also, self-respect is one of the most important things you can teach children because with self-respect comes confidence and respect for others. Many parents are brilliant, but some leave it to the guards and the rest of society to babysit their kids and teenagers. And then when something happens, everyone else is to blame. Everyone has a responsibility to teach their children respect from the very start. Sadly, these days, some don't. Oh, some don't even know, Suzanne. How, uh, thank you for uh, your message today. Uh, Anne. And she says again, just at the end there, they don't even know how to say thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Anne, for that comprehensive message. You're on the money there. Maddie's been on from RG. I have children ra- ranging in age from their early 30s down to uh, toddlers and not one of them would dare step out of line in that manner. They were taught respect from an early age, says Matty. Joanne's been on to say it's absolutely disgraceful that children of that age are capable of vandalism. Parents should be 100% responsible. If they climbed the wall, as you said, Jerry, and fell on the premises, well, they'd take action against the owner's management of the play school or creche. It's appalling that parents aren't keeping a check on their children that are so young and need proper supervision. I feel sorry for the staff and children after discovering, after all their hard work, the damage and vandalism and the place destroyed. That comes in from Joanne to us uh, by uh, WhatsApp this afternoon. And I have another one there. I'll just read to you. Hi, Jerry. It's terrible at the weekend at the football pitch in Mel beside the River Boyne. That's on the north side of Drada. We were talking about the south side. A large group drinking there 
until the early hours of the morning. Then there's a trail of rubbish and bottles left behind on the pitches used by young children subsequently. Parents, Jerry, you're right, have a lot to answer for. Thank you for bringing this matter to the airwaves, says Olivia in Drogheda today. And so on they go. Thank you indeed for your responses. Uh, I'll read others when I get back to them a little later on in the show. But if you have anything to say about that, seven years of age involved in destruction and vandalism. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. I miss her. I miss them. What am I talking about? Yes, our women with opinions. And I have one of them waiting patiently on the line to have a chat with me. Kira Burke, good afternoon again. Oh, Jerry, I miss you too. Um, it's, it's been a while now since we've been having the chat. You've been off there fishing, I believe. Kira, are you, you're a little bit muffled there. Are you on speak- you're not on speaker or no, I'm hands not on speaker. free? Can you hear me better now? No, that's much better now. Yeah, listen, we miss it. Where it's, it's the self-missing society we're promoting here. But listen, I want to ask you first, Sage and Stone, you, you're not opening in the current phase. You're waiting. Why? Well, I took a look at my outdoor covered space the other day, or a few weeks ago, uh, Jerry, and uh, my outdoor covered space, do you realise that when it rains in Ireland, it actually goes, it rains sideways. <laughs> so my covered space was actually ringing wet. Right. And I was thinking, thinking of my lovely little lady and gentleman who would come in for their breakfast and they would get absolutely drenched if the wind was going the wrong way. And I said, you know what? I can't expect people to sit and have a hot hot meal uh, in the rain. I do daytime. I do good breakfast and lunch trade. And I just won't do it. And I just said, I'm not taking bookings for a full place of outdoor outdoor dining covered. And then if it starts raining, everyone starts cancelling. And then I have all the food to throw out and all that kind of stuff from okay. the staff in. So I just said no. I, so I am I am open. I'm open with my takeaway. I've plenty of seats outside and I've plenty of, of sitting area. Yeah. But it's, uh, if you can run, you, you'd actually, you, when you have a takeaway cup, you don't mind running for cover into your car. But yeah. not with the place of uh, a full Irish breakfast. Mm. I understand. So you're you're uh, holding back. You're going to open in the next phase, I take it then, with the yeah, indoor. Yeah, it's only a couple of weeks. It's only yeah. three more weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so the 5th of July will be open uh, open for business and, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be grand. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm always optimistic on business. On, on business. You have to just change the way. But it has been kind of difficult trying to reinvent yourself, you know, a number of times this year to see what, what is the government going to allow us to do? What are they going to allow us to do this time? So it has been kind of stressful. But you know what? We're not as bad as some people. Like, I mean, when I look at places like the Yemen and things like that, like, we don't have it bad at all. We, I know a lot of people have suffered with this, but, uh, you know, to think about it, there's lots of places in worse off than we are. The government have been very good. Uh, you know, they've been giving helicopter money to people that we may have to pay back over time, but, um, you know, it hasn't been as bad as uh, we all thought it was going to be, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, no, you're right as well. The, the, the supports have been uh, really, really strong from, from the government. It will have to be paid back, of course. That's coming on the horizon, but uh, they've done their very best to help people out of work and businesses as well, and that should be acknowledged. But you're right, we are coming through, thank God, with vaccines and the level of uptake in the country. We've we've done really good there too. Yeah. Um, well, can I just say, can I just say that the, the most the best thing about it all the best thing about this week's opening was that toilets are open like our toilets and our shop are open so we're able to like people are able to come and sit yeah. you know and relax 
and have a cup of coffee and a sandwich or something, whatever. And then they're able to use the toilets. And that, for everybody, has been a massive thing. Like, I mean, I don't know why they haven't allowed the toilets being open, you know, in lots of places. Like, it's a, it's an essential. Yeah. I mean, for anyone, even outdoor living, out, there's all this outdoor. I mean, we can't have people urinating on the streets and all that kind of stuff. There has to be, you know, um, things put in place. Yes. And I agree, I agree with all your listeners about the, the juveniles and the, the vandalism. It's an absolute disgrace. Mm. It's an absolute disgrace out there. And I think that there wouldn't be long been um, curtailed if their children's allowance was taken off them when they've been taken into custody. You know what I mean? I know they can't be imprisoned and they can't be arrested. But if the children's allowance were taken off them for a couple of months, they wouldn't be long um, yes. keeping them inside. I hear what you're saying. And people say, oh, that's perhaps a, a little bit too strong. But look, at the end of the day... At the end of the day, if they're making, if they're um, you know, demolishing and, and causing criminal damage to people's properties, that they're working damn hard and we're paying the taxes to pay these children's allowances, they should not be allowed on the streets until that hour at night. And uh, there should be, I don't know, Parents have to, really have to, but I do think though, Jerry, there's an awful lot of young lads that don't have a strong ma- role model, male role model in yeah. their lives, mm. and I think that that is a societal problem. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's, I really feel strongly about this now. And um, I remember I was in the Scouts, and um, the Scouts were an amazing, amazing group. Uh, I know they've had their, their bad, bad points as well. But like with a, re- a male role, good re- male role models for those kids who didn't have one. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And they were teaching them the skills of life and all that kind of thing. And I just think that if there was some sort of um, kind of a youth brigade or something like that, that every young person, rich, poor, anyone just were alongside each other and they all had to do the same thing and learn the same manners and the same code of living, I think we'd be a much better society. Mm. No, uh, you've made that point, I remember hearing me before. What do you think, listeners, Kira's saying? And, you know, this is the thing. If parents, you know, are responsible. You're responsible, I say it again, for your children. Take away the children's allowance. What about that? Uh, and the absence of a role model in children's life, a male role model. If you have a view, 086-1800-658, WhatsApp or text me. Um, do you know what you've crowned a new phase or coined a new phase for me today on Late Lunch? And it is so true. I'll never forget it today. Sideways rain. The country is awash with sideways rain. You very rarely get rain falling straight down. Well, no, it doesn't. It never falls. Yet there's a wind to, to carry it. I know. You see, we know as fishermen and we always get exactly. that sideways rain one way yeah. or the other. I'll remember yeah. today talking to you about that. Now here, tell me about this idea you have. This I love the name, the Outdoor Butterfly Yoga. What's this about? This is uh, something that I came up with um, a couple of, well, about a month ago, I decided there was an awful lot of my customers uh, weren't coming out because they were afraid. And there's a huge amount of anxiety out there with our cocooning friends. And people who have been told to stay at home for the year, don't come out, we'll bring the shopping to you, don't come out, it's too dangerous, stay at home. And there is an anxiety, they have been, their socialisation skills, they've become institutionalised at home. And so I'm starting, a, it's called butterfly yoga because it's my cocooners coming out into it to butterflies. And I'm doing it, I'm doing a class starting next Wednesday, the 16th. Uh, we're actually full up at the minute because we're, we're oversubscribed until I can find another day that we might do it. But I'm going to do outdoor yoga for my over 65 friends, customers, and anyone who's interested. And Andrea O'Grady, our local uh, 
yoga teacher, Pilates teacher in, in the village of Dulik. Uh, she's going to take it. We're going to have uh, outdoor. I've told all of the people who've signed up to bring their mats. We'll have chairs for chair yoga, people who can't really get down onto the ground. And it'll be an outdoor space and it'll be a bit of exercise. You don't really see them in parks in um, in China and Japan and they're doing their Tai Chi and that mm. kind of thing. I love that. I love the idea of that. Yes. I love the idea of that. Now, hopefully not in the sideways rain. Hopefully we'll have a nice little um, <laughs> sunny spot on a, on a Wednesday. We'll have the speaker out there. She'll have a mic and she'll be able to... Um, we have a field at the back that I've just got topped and uh, we're just going to ha- try and, you know, have a bit of... And then afterwards we'll do uh, coffee and a phone and a bit of a chat. Yeah. And it's free. It's a fiver. It's a fiver <laughs> for each person. Uh, you I was... know what? A, a fiver, I have to pay a yoga teacher. I understand. I understand. I understand. I was only trying to get a deal for somebody there. Anyway, it's it's on Wednesdays at what time? Oh, three. At 11 o'clock. Wednesday. And it's the, it's full at the moment, but watch this space, Sage and Stone. Page. Watch my Facebook page because um, yeah. Facebook, Sage and Stone. And then um, hopefully we'll be able to... But it's, it's kind of a... I think it should be happening everywhere. You yeah, know, for, yeah. For, for all the older people because they're yeah. great people and they'll teach us an awful lot. Yes, and I love the name Butterfly emerging from the chrysalis after that yes. dormant 15 months or so to show their beauty and, uh, you know, uh, partake in the yoga. Before you go, and I know you're uh, you're busy, busy today, you're leaving, sir. Do you remember you're leaving, sir? i never forget it. I did it twice even. <laughs> <laughs> Twice? Was it that I, bad the first time? I so much I did it twice. Was it well, that bad? I did it first in, the, in Loretto, in Navin, and I was 17 doing it. I had no clue what I wanted to do, so I yeah. thought I'd give it another go. So I gave, gave it another go, and uh, I got, I think, one more point the next year. I just would laugh. And uh, I did it in Ring Ben Tech, my second one. And, uh, like... You know, it's just been adventurous since then. You know, uh, I got into UCD and I told my mother. Yes, there you go. And there's a salutary lesson in that as well. One point a year later, you're something else. And all your your ladies went. Uh, have they all gone through leaving at the young women now, or are you done no, with leaving? No, no, no. Tony Millie has gone through, and then Jane is next year, and then the other two are training. There you go. Her, but, uh, yeah, one. it's still a live issue for Kira Buck. Listen, away you go. Thanks for joining me on the show. Yeah, wish you very much. Wish Jerry. you well. Lovely to talk to you. Happy fishing. Thanks a million. Take care of yourself. Bye, Kira. Bye bye. That's Kira Burke there speaking to us. A year later, a point more. <laughs> Isn't she great? She's just so honest. There's no doubt about our Kira. Anyway, uh, we wish her well with the outdoor butterfly yoga Wednesday, Sage and Stone, 11 o'clock. Lovely idea. And uh, she's working on uh, having another day or another morning there because it has. It's been absolutely. Uh, booked out uh, people wanting to go along late lunch LMFM radio stay with us because after the break you know the car wash yes I remember when the car washes came into garages and I told you the story there going for the first time in the Triumph Herald with Jack and Paddy car and there was more water inside the car than outside after we got through the wash well listen to this folks it's the new one it's a dog wash in the garage stay with us Annette's been on to say, yes, thank God the toilets are available again. It absolutely put me off going anywhere. Kira just mentioning that, and it's the same all round now. Olivia says, what a brilliant suggestion, Jerry, by Kira Burke. Children's allowance, that's the way to get to parents of children who are involved 
in this antisocial behaviour. I love it. It should be pursued as a policy change. Thank you indeed, Olivia, for your message. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Well, the next time you head for Brady Service Station at Coolkey in County Dublin, you can wash your car and wash your dog. We're going to hear more about it now from the man behind the idea, Dylan Brady. Hello, Dylan. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for uh, joining me on the show. Well, this caught me uh, my attention for sure. I know about getting the car wash, but where did the idea for barks and bubbles come from? Yeah, it seems to caught a lot of people's idea. Um, it's the first uh, self-service dog wash that I know of anyway around. Um, I got the idea off my dad from years ago. He He's seen them at uh, trade shows. So I had just finished college. I decided to uh, get one out and see how it goes. And it's, it's only been open two weeks now and it's been flying now. Over 100 dogs have been washed and its feedback's been great so far. So what is it? Just explain, is it a tub that dogs get into? We know the way the car wash works. Usually you have guys there washing cars. We used to go through the roller car wash years ago. What is the dog wash? What does it comprise of? So so you open up this door and it's at about hip height, allow the dog to jump in, close it over, and you don't have to bend your back over for to reach into them. Chain them up and you have everything you need um, you pay you pay ten euro for ten minutes, and you have everything you need to wash the car: shampoo, to fresh rinse water, uh, conditioner, uh, flea wash, and a blow dry at the end. <laughs> yeah, the works. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, wash as many times as you want. Rinse out the lovely shampoo. You didn't yeah. forget the fleas either. So you treat them for fleas. You can treat them for the fleas. Yeah, for the flea washing. Uh, you put flea wash in last. And you leave the flea wash in uh, when you air blow dry out through them, so it stays in them for long. Mm. And the blow dry at the end, of course, to have them looking absolutely <laughs> beautiful. My God, it's like the best uh, ladies' hair salon in uh, on the high street in London. But look, uh, obviously this has caught the attention of customers and new customers as well. Over 100 dogs in what space of time have you looked after? There was over 100 dogs, I think, by day 10 or 11. That's a lot of dogs. Yeah, I've done a lot of advertising through Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Um, and and word of mouth has been really good. And, uh, there was actually a far bigger hunger for it than I, than I thought. My word. So social media. And I, I take it word of mouth then as well. When people go and use it, they tell others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's been huge. Um, it, we're based here in, in Kilkey, the ward. Yeah. Uh, but there's people coming from Ashburn, Berto. Um, Dumboyne, uh, Inglis, uh, Ballymun, mm. pretty far to bring their dogs. Fantastic. So people are coming to you from all over. Is there potential here to take this elsewhere? Uh, well, that's the plan. Uh, I was sort of putting it down and seeing how it goes. And the first, these first two weeks have shown me that it, it, it is worth doing. So um, I plan on maybe putting a few more down in different places in the future. Great, so there's potential to roll this out uh, further and uh, bring another Barks and Bubbles to elsewhere as well. All types of dogs, I take it as well. Any size catered for? Any time. Uh, yeah, you pay for time. Once you have the time, you can use everything Everything the machine has to offer. 
and the bigger dogs you might uh, do a few top ups you can top up after you do the first initial payment mm. is there much maintenance on it you know when a dog uses it does it have to be attended to before the next dog comes along well it's it self service so people will be washing their dogs all day so basically every night I've gone up at about 9 in the evening and open up the bottoms full of hair pull yeah. it all out spray the whole thing down stainless steel so comes out nice and shiny and looks good for the next day Okay, so it just needs tending to at the end of the day and then it's ready to rock and roll for the next day. Love the yeah. name, Barks and Bubbles. Yeah. It's a great name, it, it really does. And are you, do you wash cars there as well? Yeah. Um, there's a platinum auto wash. Uh, it's a 40 metre long tunnel car wash. Okay, so you drive through this when it's not attended. It just does it automatically, is it? Uh, yeah, well, it's attended and you get put onto a conveyor system. Ah, yes, yes, I see. Point. I see. I know what you're talking about is right. Yeah. So there you are. When you're getting your car done, so why not pop the pooch in the boot and uh, double up when you're up at Cool Key Brady Service Station. Wish you well with it. Nifty idea. Thanks for joining me. Okay, thanks very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's the young lad. He's only a young lad. He's only out of school. College, Dylan Brady. An idea going back a few years. And he's uh, revived it again. And the dogs... I'm barking mad to get in and get washed. I like it. I really do. It's a good one and I wish him well with it. Something a little bit different. Anyway, we're moving on on the show today. We've talked to her a number of times in the past. She has a marketing business and I assume during the last 12 to 15 months there's been a slowdown. But she's going to tell me anyway because she's looking at a new opportunity and she's uh, putting it into action. We're going to hear about it now. Sarah Gardner, good afternoon. Jerry, how are you? It's been I'm, ages. How oh, are you doing? <laughs> it has been ages. It has. Too long. Too long indeed. I've missed you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all missing me today. Kira Bork's missing me. You're missing me. I'm feeling the love. I'm feeling the love on LinkedIn. There launch. you go, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, anyway, look, uh, you're known for your marketing prowess. Tough time. Yeah. Tough time for you. Oh, it completely dried up. And, you know, that's. Uh, the minute COVID hit, you you just knew it was going to happen. You know, I would um, be have been helping businesses, small businesses, maybe um, sole traders, that kind of thing. And then a lot of businesses who would have been in the entertainment industry as well. So they closed their doors and all of my business dried up. So I was given an opportunity to kind of have a think about life and have a think about maybe was there anything else that I would have liked to do or had there been anything niggling in the background? And sure enough, you know me, Jerry, hmm. there's always something niggling in the background. <laughs> um, I went looking for an idea that had been in my head and I found a course and um, I started studying and I am now Sarah Gardner, funeral celebrant. You know, I would say of you, you have that, kindness and that lovely gentle nature about you I've always uh, you know if you asked me to describe Sarah Gardner I I would say that and that's been within you you know so here you are you know well I'm feeling the love now as well Jerry Ah, but but I mean that no I I, I, you know I can read a person and I've met you on a number of occasions and I know you but you have in my opinion uh, the traits all the necessary traits in your personality that you bring to this and I just wanted to say that to you so look at you are up and running now as a a funeral celebrant Um, up and running 
fully accredited, fully insured, uh, ready, ready to rock. Yeah. Now, who is your customer base? Who are you talking to? Where does a civil, you know, funeral celebrant come in in the context of the whole uh, end of life story for all of us, which is inevitable? Sure. Oh, it is. I mean, look, there's only one thing certain in life, and that's death. And a lot of people maybe don't like thinking about that or talking about that, but it is a fact of life. Um, And I suppose a funeral celebrant, we're very much um, civil. And it's very much about creating unique ceremonies. So you would have any of the religions on one side who have a very strict set of parameters about what their services contain and how they run, etc. And then on the, the far end of the spectrum, you've got maybe the humanist society who, again, are very strict about how they run their services and um, kind of would have no religion at all. And then you've got civil funeral celebrants in the middle of the of the pack who will literally create a service um, that really reflects and honours your loved one and can encompass anything really. So if you wanted to have a prayer in there, if you didn't want to have a prayer in there, if you wanted to reflect some form of virtuality, that can be catered for. Um, so it's very much... Um, open to what the family wants and really is every ceremony then is quite unique and is very much focused on the person who has passed away as opposed to anything else that might surround us in a normal service. So there's a big middle ground there uh, between yeah. humanism and, and the faith that you're here to offer your services to. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose it's just about um, filling that gap, really, and giving people alternative options where they mightn't have um, realised there's an option there now, you know. Mm. And, you know, this time, I don't have to tell you that we've come through Mm. so many people have been denied, you know, the... The, you know, the whole, uh, what would I say, the ceremony? It's the support, the support I think. Yeah. I, you know, mm. I mean, obviously, when when services were so small and still are so small in comparison to maybe the way we usually do death in Ireland and funerals in Ireland, I think that the real part of everyone coming together like that is the support that the family gets and the love that they feel and hearing stories about their loved ones. You know, people coming up to shake hands and say, well, I always liked Paddy because, Mm. you know, and that sense of community grief and and holding people and hugging them, I think that was the big thing that was missing for a lot of people in the last, say, 18 months since COVID has been around. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's that love and that storytelling that really... um, is the is the key of how Irish people do um, death yes, so yes. well? You we know? do it well, and we always have. And this is a another yeah. string to our bow. What you are doing as a civil well, ceremony, that's it, yeah. celebrant, should I say? Um, yeah. And then I yeah, and then I suppose what people mostly wonder then is like, well, how do I engage with civil celebrant or when somebody passes away? You know, and you've got maybe three days to organise a funeral. Is it too much hassle? to change from the norm or change from the traditions and um, in fact it's not 
it, it it's the exact same as it would be for any other funeral. So you would start usually by going to um, an undertaker, funeral director, and instead of calling the parish priest, they call me mm. or another funeral celebrant indeed, but hopefully me. And um, then I would do what a parish priest would do. I would sit down with the family. I would pull out all those stories about the person, listen to all the memories, the reminiscing, and then create a service around that, including poems, reading, prayers if you want them, songs that um, maybe mean something to the family or the deceased favourite song or whatever. And then I create that ceremony and then that's delivered. So obviously it can't be in a church. So where most of civil services are taking place is in crematoriums. Okay. Um, so the, the the chapels or the rooms in crematoriums um, would be where the service would take place. I take it you have your details out and about with the various undertakers in the, the area? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I literally, would you believe, just at the end of last week, got all my flyers and business cards. So I'll be going knocking on doors now um, in the next week or two and... Um, you know, obviously, it's been quite difficult for anybody to do um, business over the last while because, you know, the, the shaking of the hand and, and the chats is, a you know, a real introduction that anybody wants um, yes. to introduce their business um, face to face. So hopefully in the next few weeks, I'll be able to get in um, and really you know, kind of impart what I would do mm. for their families because it's a very, um, like we've all lost somebody, we've all been to a funeral and it's obviously an extremely emotional time and nobody wants anything to go wrong. Nobody wants to, you know, leave that most important service in the hands of somebody they don't trust so it's about building that trust with yes. undertakers so they know, well, we can rely on Sarah. Yeah, and that's to going to come with time. Yeah, that's going yeah. to come with time for Absolutely. you as you yeah. get into this and, and people will understand who and what you're about. I'm just thinking here, uh, going back to what I mentioned a moment ago, you know, there have been restricted uh, farewells uh, in the last yeah. 15 months or so. Could it be that there will be a raft of memorial services now coming as we continue to open up? Do you see that happening? 100%. And in fact, I literally just put um, a video about this up on my um, socials this morning. It's, I think, is going to be very important. As I mentioned, feeling that love and support of people. So you can imagine in the last 18 months, if you've had a funeral where there's been a maximum of 10 people, a maximum of 25 people, you want to be able to share that again with people. Mm. And so a memorial service is ideal for that, particularly, um, I suppose, if people have maybe had cremations and they're looking to scatter ashes, that can be a really easy way to create a memorial service. Mm. But I think even for people who have been buried and even buried within the Catholic or whatever religion, that having a service, maybe planting a tree or something like that, um, or maybe meeting in, you know, the deceased's favourite spot, you know, by a lake or whatever else, that people come together um, and share their stories 
um, and share the love and that family can feel that. I think a lot of people might be missing final closure yeah. when it comes to people who have passed away. You know, that that is really important in grief and in moving forward. And we would have talked a lot in training about sending people off in good grief, mm. as in that they feel a finality and a peace when they leave the room and can move on then to the next stage of their grief, for which sure. is really important for people to be able to do. So I think there might be a lot of people um, who would be stuck maybe at a stage and really need to hear those lovely things and, and remember people in a more um, happy environment. And yes. I know that sounds strange. And in the greater company. Grief. Yes, the greater company of more yeah. friends and neighbours and contacts Correct. as well. Oh, look yeah. at that. That, 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 that it's is just, a, it's a, a less yes. sad occasion, a memorial, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a bit of space. And of course, you can have a memorial at any time. You can pick a date at random. You can go with the anniversary of the death. You can maybe look at a birthday, a wedding anniversary, any of those kind of dates. And really, the beauty of this is that there are no rules. Mm. And I think COVID as well has allowed people to think about services in a different way. And the traditions that were there have been allowed to change a little because of COVID. Yes, and will continue to, I think, down the road. Mm. Anyway, how do people find out more about you? So, well, they can um, contact me um, on uh, funeralcelebrantsarah at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at the moment, working on my website, but Facebook and Instagram at the moment, if you search Sarah Gardner Funeral Celebrant. And um, yeah, I'm here and I'm only delighted to talk to people about grief, about funerals, um, about how to access the services, about different ways they can approach things now and um, that that choice is there to do things in in a really unique. Uh, but absolutely away. absolutely anyway wish you well and as I say you're well you, suited Gary. and good luck to you Sarah thank you so much Jerry. lovely chatting to you you too thank you for joining me on the show there Sarah Gardner funeral celebrant absent mindedness remember we were talking about it Louise recently mm-hmm. oh yesterday talk about being absent minded I was in the cemetery putting in nice little bedders on my mum and dad's grave And uh, the phone rang while I was there, just took the call, put the phone down on the the headstone at the side, the little side of it. Packed up everything, got in the car, was driving home. Remembered. I left without the phone. Oh, I see your heart did a whole gunk, did it? I did a U-turn on the road, went faster than Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) Put the car quickly outside, ran back in. There was a lady coming walking down uh, from where our grave is. And uh, I said hello to her and I was in a sweat, I have to say. But it was there. Oh, did you really think the worst? Yeah. Yeah. Power was gone. And that's typical of me. You know what I mean? Just things slipping, thinking of a hundred things mm. and forgetting that I took it de- took it out of my pocket and left there. But thank God it was there. But this is another example of that absent-mindedness, <laughs> absent-mindedness thing I was talking about. A rumour has it, by the way, that Miss Louise Walsh was seen packing boxes of Weetabix <laughs> into her trolley in a store in the last 24 hours. Can you deny or confirm that, please? I can confirm. I have about four boxes of Weetabix at home. The big Did boxes. you know the 
story. No, I didn't. I just, my kids love Weetabix morning, noon and night. So I'd run out. So I just packed them all in. <laughs> you've heard, no, you've heard from me today, the story. There's uh, projected yeah. to be a huge shortage of Weetabix this summer. No, it was the... <laughs> They're all in my house. Geez, it's all, <laughs> Louise Walsh has the whole lot if you want a couple for your brekkie. Um, it was, we were talking about the 99s again yesterday, but Weetabix, they, where they make them in the UK, there's a, a major strike coming and down tools overpay and they think it could run and last and there will be shortages of Weetabix. You obviously like them. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. Do you not? No. You, you don't like no, Weetabix? No, 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 I, I just... How could you not like Weetabix? They're tasteless. Makes you strong. <laughs> Show me your muscles again. No, 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 come on. You're not winning that argument. Um, uh, I, I think Weetabix are tasteless. Absolutely tasteless. And them other things. What are those other things that the grannies knit? Shredded wheat. Oh, jeez, don't get me started <laughs> on them. Don't get me started on them. Tasteless as well. Now, at the oh, other extreme, brilliant. you have the Cocoa Pops and those chocolatey things that turns the milk brown. Never well, talk them. about stuff you shouldn't give to your children, in my opinion. That's my personal opinion. But Weetabix, no. Cornflakes, oh, yeah. cornflakes, cornflakes, yes, cornflakes. Fresh cornflakes with lovely cool milk and a banana. Love that. Do you want you're, to remind me? Yeah, you're, you're missing out on the strength uh, side of it. Hang on. Go on, this. go on. Now let's have a listen. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> See, Samson and Delilah. Clever advertising. Clever, clever. Ad- no, Those ads, they used to be brilliant. I have to say, we Ava loves her Weetabix. She loves them in the mornings. And uh, I think if you put mayonnaise and ketchup on them, oh. it'd be a help. No, I definitely wouldn't eat them. Yes, I think that would help. Mayonnaise and ketchup on your Weetabix uh, might give it a bit of a kick or something. But mm. but they're great for kids because they eat them really fast in the morning I know that, for breakfast. Do you know when you put the milk into them and it sucks, it sucks in all in the them. milk? Yeah, it's great. And it looks a little wobbly at that there. No, 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 not for me. I'm not a Weetabix fan. I wonder do people like it? They must. Do you think it will... Some cons- bring them for their lunch and put all sorts like butter and everything on them. Yogurt so, and Louise has loads of Weetabix if you're stuck. If you find out you're stuck this summer, <laughs> she has boxes and boxes in those. Yeah, I'll uncharge them. Anybody love oh, the Weetabix? If you love the Weetabix, give us an L shout. 086 1800 658. WhatsApp or text me to the show if you're with me and my opinion of them. They sell millions. They're lovely. People love them, I know, but I just don't think they do nothing for me. Anyway, heading to news, weather and sport at three. Afterwards, Shirley Bassey and Fred Cook, God help us, on his leave insert. Almost certainly going international on late lunch today. I want to say a big hello to Phil and Edith Brown in Derry today. Phil's been in touch. Oh, God, I missed him so much this year with the fishing restricted. Anyway, Phil's been on to say, what are you talking about, you gobby? <laughs> Weetabix is lovely. Phil loves his Weetabix every morning. Phil, do you know what I was thinking? Bit of custard. Bit of custard on the Weetabix. Now, that's your man. Then I could have it for sure. Tommy's listening in Italy and he agrees with our Louise. He loves his Weetabix, our Tommy. Uh, two of them in a bowl every morning with a little sugar and plenty of milk. Sometimes I even have them from me tea, says Tommy in Italy. Love to hear. Love to hear from you always, Tommy. Thanks for getting in touch today. But you see, Lily and Mary are with me. They're with me. Good girls. Love it. They say they can 
can't take Weetabix at all. It's porridge for them. I forgot to mention porridge. Love porridge in the winter time with banana and honey on it as well, or maybe a little jam as well. I agree with you there. Love the porridge in the winter time. Cornflakes in the warmer weather with bananas and some lovely cold milk, as I said. John's been on agreeing with me on the antisocial behaviour issue. It's everywhere, Jerry, and it's happened since teachers. Uh, haven't been able to discipline children in the class. Parents can't, in fact, nearly discipline them at home, he says. We got a clip in the ear. Now, I don't want to go back to that, but we definitely have to take a step back in a way to the old to the old rules to uh, combat what's going on. John, thanks for your message this afternoon to the show. Now I move on with my Artist of the Week. And this week, it's the wonderful Shirley Bassey. From the early to mid-60s, Shirley enjoyed enormous chart success with albums and singles regularly and for lengthy periods in the top 10 in the UK charts. She was unbelievable. Uh, She was up there all of the time. She became a tax exile, however, from the UK in the late 60s. Such was her success at home and in the United States, where the title track from the double Oh, 07 Bond movie Goldfinger really put her on the map in the States. She couldn't perform in the UK as an exile for a number of years, but sorted matters out and returned in 1970. And this heralded probably the most successful era of Shirley Bassey's career. During the 70s, she listened to this. She had 18 hit albums and was a regular and had several series of her own on the BBC. I remember those series well. Shirley also featured on This Is Your Life twice. In the 70s and again in the 90s, she covered the Beatles classic, Did You Know This Something? And her version was better than the original. And listen to this, she's the only artist to perform more than one James Bond theme song. Here it is, the first of them. Yes, Shirley Bassey. Goldfinger Shirley Bassey and Goldfinger. Yes, she has the the, uh, distinction of being the only performer to sing more more than one 007 James Bond theme song from the movies. Goldfinger was the first. Moonraker and Diamonds Are Forever. Our Shirley performed all three for Bond. What a voice, what a lady. More about Shirley Bassey and her music tomorrow on Late Lunch Roundabout Now. Final break of the afternoon. It is the first day of the Leaving Cert written exams happening today across the country and we wish everybody well again but we have a student next who was top of the class in his Leaving Cert year. Stay with us. Hi Jerry. Porridge with honey. You can't beat it says Patricia to us on Late Lunch this afternoon. Leaving Cert it's the first day of the exams and I'm joined by a student who was just Simply top of the class, a model student, I'm sure, in his day. Mr. Fred Cook, good afternoon. Oh, great to hear from you, Jerry. You're well. I'm so. really, really good. Where did you sit your leave insert? What school are you at? Well, I was so good at leaving, sir, I did it twice. I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> I came back. <laughs> I started in Cavan. And then I realised uh, I need to I need to uh, move somewhere different. So I repeated the leaving cert in Eureka, the convent in Kells. I was one of those lucky boys that gets to repeat the leaving cert in all girls school. No, t- <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even going to ask this question. Uh, second time round in all girls school, Mr. Fred Cook, did you do better than the first time? I did. I think I went up. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think looking back, I went up maybe. I'm not even joking here. I think I went up like 270 points or something like that. Did you? So, no. That doesn't say much because I think I might have probably only got 270 points the second time around. <laughs> so the first one, you're not going to talk about the first effort at all? No, no. I think the first one was, look, it's nice to be involved. But you know, the, it's, I think the, my first... <laughs> Like, I think my first leave return was like fair play to you. You, were, you sat down for five years in the same seat, and uh, you know because that's it. You know, people always talk about headspace, and it's really important to find time for yourself. Well, that's what the leave return was for me first time around. I sat down for three hours with nothing going on in my head. It was complete meditation. Jesus, I, love <laughs> and I did that for a period of two weeks. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know why they call it leave return for me. They should have called it. I'll see you in three months again, sir. Because there wasn't a hope of me getting anything the first time around. I think this is brilliant. <laughs> anyway, it didn't, it saying, didn't you trouble know, you. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, look, you know, like some things are designed for people and then other, other things aren't designed for people. So, yeah. uh, like, you know, so that's it. Like, it's kind of, it's a moment in time. And looking back as well, I always remember the leave and turn. I couldn't see beyond it. I got so caught up in it, like, especially like the second time around. So, uh, do you know, and now here I am one year later. <laughs> And tell me so, this, Fred, what was your strongest subject? What would you say if there was one subject oh, that if Fred studied for his leave insert, it was the number one? Well, I thought uh, music. Music was my saviour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of courses back then, you needed one honour from an honour subject. So music was the one that, for me, you know what I mean, that uh, I could hopefully depend on. But then it was so, I did the old leave insert uh, music course. And then from that year, from 98, to 99 the, the, the syllabus changed so I went from having to play Bach on the piano to singing Oasis on the guitar <laughs> it was unbelievable it went from it went from very intense uh, musical uh, different ideas to uh, a house party of, of songs <laughs> that's what happened so happy I, days I take it you scored the honour with Oasis I did I did yeah. good yeah. on you Still good on. on you Fred do you, you know the way people <laughs> reminisce about the leave insert and you were talking about that uh, what year did you do it again 97 was it 98 and 99 99, just before the millennium year what was it belt in hot weather do you remember going into the exam hall you know we people have memories all the leave insert you were fried the weather was great outside yeah yeah well the first time I did leave insert in cabin so the drums were so high there was never a bit of sun anyway getting into the school (laughs) (laughs) you were just kind of stuck (laughs) permanently in a shadow yeah 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 (laughs) been a load of turf and a lump of grass that's what it was and uh, <laughs> so then uh, but then I brought all those uh, agricultural experiences to Kells and I'm god I remember the second time English paper one I was so nervous I went to early mass I went to mass at 7 a.m with the church just beside Jerica and uh, the sun was scorching then yeah you know and uh, it was it was such a risk for me because I remember and the late and great uh, Johnny Broderick who was the vice principal at the time mm. he's a wonderful teacher and uh, I you know I owe so much to him like because he really took me on and, and and got me sorted like academically which is a miracle for anyone when you consider me like he's an amazing guy and uh, but I do remember English paper one and I learned one essay do you know the way you <laughs> you've got a choice of titles <laughs> I said listen this is the one I learned and I learned it off Time magazine and uh, and that's the one I gave so thank God. I, I took so many risks. 
do you know i didn't learn any people often said i don't know what it's like now but if you three poets they said if you if you studied austin clark seamus heaney or paddy Kavanagh, you're sorted yeah just take what three study the three of them and you're sorted and i did and it was such a risk because it wasn't i could have been back to looking at a paper for three hours doing nothing so looking back i took some awful risks and uh, they came through okay it God. worked out there's nothing yeah, better yeah. in an exam when that happened and you know between uh you know there's lots of advice milling about at the moment take it easy don't study too much the night before take plenty of time out did you apply those principles to fred cook's exam time oh uh i was i wasn't even a crammer (laughs) i wasn't even there i didn't even get to that stage of cramming you know so uh i'd say uh, like to tell you the truth the leaving shirt uh for me uh i remember once dad saying to me he goes fred this is like this is probably the week before the actual leaving shirt so it's this time last week, 21 years ago. And the week before the leaving cert, Dad said to me, he goes, Fred, you know you got the leaving cert next week, don't you? And I said, I did, Dad. And then he goes, this is the advice he gave me to get ready for the leaving cert. He goes, why don't you go up to your room and practice sitting down for three hours? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's kind of, that's all he wanted of me to know. And I did, and I found it very tough. I went up to my room and I sat down for three hours. And mom and dad, you could see them looking in from the hallway through the crack of the door. And uh, mom was going, God, he's flying. He's sorted for the leaving cert. Now that was two hours into sitting down. And then two and a half hours in, dad said, he's unbelievable. I think we've got a guard. He's unbelievable. He's so disciplined. Oh, you know, I can only imagine for Fred Cook, it is hard to stand still. But when you think, Fred, you're talking about 21 years ago and I'm thinking about the only even said, oh, my God, it's ancient history. But it stays with you. The memories do because it is a point in life. But again, we always hear this. Now, it's it's not the be all and end all. It's only a a stage in post. Yeah, it is. And uh, I guess, yeah, there's there's so much uh, for me as well. The funny thing is with with memory, I, I it meant so much for me back then. But the thing, everything in the leaving cert that I was told not to do, everything I was told not to do, like concentrate, stop laughing, stop messing. That's what I'm now making a living out of. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that's how that's how valuable the leaving cert was to me ultimately. And I'm not giving out about it. I'm not dissing it. I'm not for any, I'm not for a second saying that I'm better at it. But, and I know the curriculum's changed so much since. But uh, and so, but that's that's where that's where it's at. That's that's where it was for me. So looking back, you know, funny thing, my memory was much better back then. You know, I can remember exactly who sat in what class and what year and who taught what. You know, I think all the names I have and and people in my life. Uh, I hit my max <laughs> the second time I did a leaving cert. I couldn't put any more information in my head. I was like a really bad Dell computer from the nineties. Oh 90s. my god! Put any more information in? Tell me. Uh, tell me this before we finish up. I'm going to put you on the spot now. You can invoke the Fifth Amendment here if you don't want to answer did you um did you write out on the ruler or on the back I don't of know your what you're hand? gonna ask me there <laughs> <laughs> did i what anything oh my god no, no. the cogs no, you know the cogs stories. the cogs friend yeah yeah oh no listen listen i can't lie and i've i've always done everything by the book so i've and i've heard too many nightmare stories as well about people uh did you ever hear the story about the lad who wrote all the sequences of maths, all the math sequences on his jeans. And then he came back, but then he came back the next day wearing the same pair of jeans. And that's how he was caught. He didn't even change his jeans the next day. So I've heard all those stories. I've heard oh. stories of lads heading to the toilets uh, one by one. And there's a biology book underneath the toilet for no reason at all. Like, so uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have even had the incentive to cheat. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have even I, got that far. I won't tell you the story here, but the fella I heard. <laughs> 
who wrote something on a part of his body you can't mention, but it's to do when you go to the toilet, you know what I mean, Fred? <laughs> oh, my God, when you think of when you think of those days. Anyway, yeah. you're, a, you're, you're a busy man since you've uh, uh, forged a wonderful career yourself, as you said, by doing the opposite to what you were supposed to do. Yeah, I have exactly, to ask yeah. you, how is the babby and how is Julie he J? Is. Oh, they're doing amazing, and he's that tennis like he's what he's eight eight months and three weeks now, and he's just in a lovely phase, and yeah. he's great. And it's something that we're very uh, conscious of that we try not to say to other parents who've got kids the same age, but uh, we've said it once or twice. And we've got a lot of hatred because we're telling parents, oh, he loves sleeping. He can't get enough of it. <laughs> he's a great sleep. And he's definitely got that from me. He's got the sleeping side from me. Some days I go in and look at him and he looks at me, winks, and then just turns around. <laughs> he goes back to sleep again. You won't you know? get hatred from too many people because oh. when they sleep, it's a little break. That's a little break. Oh, you completely, get yeah. Sleep, sleep, sleep and Ted can. But the other things, when you talk about the leaving cert, and I know I mentioned this to you before, but the difference in points that Julie Johnson, my partner, got and I got is there's 400 point difference. She got 400 points more than me in the leaving cert. So we're hoping now with Ted, her son, that he's on her. She's got, you know, he's got her intelligence. That's what we're hoping. Well, we listen, yet, I, hope, I hope he is a combination of everything because you're the most wonderful <laughs> fellow and you can be so proud of yourself, your little fellow and Julie as well. And I just wanted to touch base today on Leaving Cert Start Day with one oh. of the nicest guys and nicest guests we ever have on this show. Fred Cook, thank you for joining me. Jerry, it's always a pleasure. Lots of love. It's God bless you. Man. Take care soon. Bye-bye. That's the brilliant Fred Cook from Kells in County Mead. Rounding off our late lunch this afternoon. Tomorrow on the show, Emma O'Neill is joining us. She knows what it's like to uh, be the focus of racism and she has lots of ideas of how we can turn this round for with children from a young age. Sue Ryder, we can't clean anymore. Sue Ryder says it. She's brilliant at it. She's going to advise us tomorrow. And Bobby McCormick brings you the first, or us, the first in the series of COVID through the eyes of the generations. Paul McKenna is coming next with The Drive. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio and come back for Thursday's Late Lunch from 1.30. I'm getting the custard organised for me, Weedabig. See you tomorrow. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist Danny find a commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.